your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Hello, everybody. This is Rich Rothman. It's uh, about 4 o'clock. Straight up, and that means uh, it's the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT, and Wanda Miles is along with us. Yes, indeedy. There she is. Hmm. Indeedy doing it. Yep. In the booth, and uh, we want to welcome you to the show. Uh, we're streaming on uh, the Rich Rothman Show dot com or on thirteen sixty WKAT dot com, or you can go to iTunes. Yeah, go to iTunes. Go to iTunes. That's a good one. Then you can take us with you wherever you go. Put That's us in right. your pocket. Just put us in your pocket. Put us in your pocket, and we're <laughs> sort of like just a breast pocket, so to speak. I'd rather be in your back pocket. Back oh, pocket. Well, that'd be me. kind of uh, don't weird. sit on me. Ooh, yeah. Never mind. Ah. So uh, many pockets to choose from. I, you know, what a decision to make. Oh, It's I'm a toughie. Yeah, I know. It's a toughie. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today is 9-11. It's yeah. the anniversary of 9-11. And, of course, uh, seven. You just seven years later, and, and you think about everything that's occurred in seven years. And do you, Wanda, do you remember where you were when, yes, when 9-11? I, where, tell me your recollection. I was in Sarasota, actually, where George Bush was at the time. And I was heading up to work to go to Tampa. And I was on the road. I was just leaving town. I was just leaving Sarasota. And and how did and you hear I of it? I turned the radio on because, you know, I'm driving. And I, yeah, that's how I heard. It was, uh, yeah, I think I was listening to Power Pig or whatever that station was up there. What was your ne- immediate reaction when you heard it? Uh, disbelief? Um, well, yeah, because, you know, you're, you're listening to the radio. You're not quite sure what these guys are up to now because <laughs> they were always up to something. But it was just, cha- it was pretty chaotic. And then. Then all the sirens are going through Sarasota, so I'm like, ah, so yeah, it is something because he's here, and now we've got lots of noise here going on. So that was kind of weird. And then I was thinking, get him out of here, get him out. So that was a good connection for you. I mean, you were in Sarasota. That's where he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he was at an elementary school that morning. Yes, he was. I guess uh, doing his thing there and so yeah. forth. Um, I remember where I was. I was in California, mm-hmm. and I was getting dressed. I just came out of the shower. It was early in the morning. I was supposed to catch a flight out of Monterey, California, back to uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. No, Miami. And uh, uh, I came out, and you know, the, Gloria's got the TV on in that part of the uh, of the room at the Highlands Inn in Carmel. And uh, I, I saw on this this picture. I, I thought it was a Bruce Willis movie. I mean, I thought it was like yeah. just a. Uh, you know, uh, like. Bruce Willis or some science fiction film and, you know, the World Trade Center. One of the buildings is burning. And I'm saying, holy crap, you know, what is this? And uh, and Gloria said, you need to watch this. This is a delayed Today show. It's still on. Hmm. And uh, and this is live. And uh, and within minutes of that occurring, a second plane uh, hit it or it happened. And then they showed the video of a second. plane. I'm trying. I can't you know, I can't remember anymore at this point. But I know I saw one building, and then, you know, no, I actually saw the explosion of the second building. And, and my reaction was, I, I just, I shrieked. I, I mean, how do you, you're not prepared to respond. You know, when you listen to the tapes uh, and, the, and the video that they show, I just watched it again last weekend on one of the Discovery Channels or the History Channel or the Learning Channel or one of those channels. And you listen to the people screaming, you just can't comprehend uh, the inhumanity, the, the horror of, of, of all of that. And, and in our case, when I was out there, you know, Glory and I uh, knew, well, we knew a lot of people at the World Trade Center. I knew a lot of people in Tower One because I'm, I'm a past chair of the World Trade Center Association. 
And uh, we had just been up there. I go up there. used to go up there for meetings and uh, knew a lot of people. The World Trade Center, which it's named after, the World Trade Center Association, founded back in the early 70s, was on the 77th floor. So we had, I mean, I was, we had just been there. He just not even weeks before for a meeting and had a dinner in the, the, one of the top restaurants. You had windows on the world on one side, and you had wild blue on the other. And they overlooked this. It was just great. You've been there. How, didn't you ever go there? No. You never went there. Never well, the view was incredible. It was just an, an absolutely incredible uh, view. And I just, I just couldn't believe. At first, I thought I lost everybody. You know, you just think, oh, my God, they're all dead. And, and you just don't understand that. And then I made a few phone calls, and I called Guy Tizzoli. I caught him in his car. He's the, the uh, president. Guy Tizzoli is the president. He's actually the founder of the World Trade Center Association. And um, uh, asked him how he was. He was actually late to work that day. That's the second time he was late to work. The first time was in 93 when they also blew up the World Trade mm. Center. Mm. And they blew up the area where he parks his car. Interesting. And he was in the Holland Tunnel the first time. He was in the Holland Tunnel the second time. I bet he makes great business decisions. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, listen. If it comes to scheduling, listen to the guy. I'm listening. You know, to if guy he says, says, "Hey, you know what? Let's take the next plane. Take the next plane. Yeah. Okay. Don't get on that plane. Because he's the guy. He knows for some reason. A guy knew it. And and actually, uh, everybody from the World Trade Center who was involved in it got out except for one person who had gone up to the 81st floor and. And never came back because there was no 81st floor. And, uh, but it, it's, it was an amazing time for me because you would never expect, you know, anything like that to occur in the 20th century, 21st century, no less the 20th century. Uh, and, and when you listen to the stats or just deaths, including, uh, no, let's take them out. Deaths excluding the hijackers because they're not human. 2,998 people were killed as a result of that. Uh, injured, 6,291 souls were injured as a result of, uh, of 9-11. Um, and, and what has happened ever since then? You know, at first, after we licked our wound for a few hours and understood that we were actually attacked, and this was the worst attack on the United States in the history of the United States, the worst terrorist attack in the history of the United States, the worst death attack in the history of the United States since the Civil War, uh, it, you would think that we'd be farther along today than we are, uh, but we're not. And uh, when we get back after the break, maybe we'll chat a little bit about that and we'll move on. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, this is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. We're going to be right back, and uh, you just think for a little bit. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters. 
adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. The 11th America's Food and Beverage Show, the largest America's-focused food and beverage event in the hemisphere, will open September 24th through 26th at the Miami Beach Convention Center, offering international buyers and sellers three action-packed days of unparalleled business and networking opportunities. Expected to attract more than 5,000 retailers, distributors, importers, food service professionals, and exhibitors from across the U.S. and around the globe, the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show is a proven gateway to new products and global F&B trends of the future. Over the past decade, the show, presented by the World Trade Center Miami with support from the FAS and USDA has generated more than $200 million in sales for exhibitors and attendees. The goal is to facilitate deals between buyers and sellers, importers and exporters worldwide. The criteria for success are simple. How many deals were made? Registration for the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show is now open online at www.americasfoodandbeverage.com or by contacting the World Trade Center Miami at 305-871-7910. For additional details on the 2008 America's Food and Beverage Show, contact Yelena Meisel at J-M-E-I-S-E-L at worldtrade.org or phone 305-871-7910. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor every Thursday and Friday. Have a little faith with a dashing hero like me on the case. How can we fail? This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360. Here's dashing. You have to give him that. WKAT. Okay, we're back. Um, Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Our number here is 305-447-3201. Should you like to get involved in a conversation? 305-447-3201. Just a, a couple of quickie thoughts on, uh, on 9-11. Um, one, you know, at first it was unity in the face of the attack. It's like America came together. Then we started having discord and bickering. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in some lunacy for good measure, which is where we're at now in a sense because 
the the lunacy is related to the folks who actually believe that the government itself took down the buildings to give us an excuse to go into Iraq, uh, which is so bloody insane. Well, I they even already wanna, had weapons. I mean, that's just ridiculous uh, to think. And uh, and and the sad part is that you know some serious people really believe that. Uh, although this disproved by independent scientists and engineers, it just it was very clear how the buildings came down and why they pancaked the way they did and why they took down the other buildings. But um, it would be good to remember what happened, and you know there are some very evil people out there, and there, you know, very horrible things were done to us. So um, anyway, I'm sure you all thought about that today, and I'm sure that every media this morning put it in your face. And I'm sure you've seen the pictures over, and you should see the pictures every now and then. You shouldn't forget. I know Keith Olbermann the other day, uh, when he was covering the Republican National Convention, was very annoyed that they had the audacity to show the 9/11 pictures. And he said, if it was if it was his show on NBC, they probably would have been criticized. In fact, they probably would have been criticized by the Republican National Committee, which is just why Keith Olbermann's no longer going to cover campaigns like that and in, in major events because he doesn't deserve to cover that. He's not objective at all. He's a purely subjective individual. So uh, that's sad. That's, that's, but you know what? It's enough. I will discuss it some other time if we want. We'll get somebody else on the show. Maybe we'll get Jeff Stover back and talk about terrorism a little bit. Later in the show, we have a couple of interesting people on the show. Jeff uh, Zabar is going to be with us in, very, in a bit. Very interesting, that Jeff Zabar. He is interesting. Yeah. And then uh, we also have Pat Benjamin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wrote a book, The uh, Perot Legacy. A new political path, and it's going to be interesting because there are people who have new political paths in this campaign. And it's very interesting to listen to somebody who was involved in the campaign back in the 90s. And then we have uh, Carol Wang Shutter. Yes. And Carol Wang Shutter is she's a, a uh, amongst other things, she's a writer, screenwriter. Pretty she wrote much. the film September Dawn. Yes. Uh, Which takes us back to another September 11th. Yes, and, and, that, and that is amazing. It happened on September 11th in yeah. 1857. I didn't know about it until now. I, well, I didn't know about it until now also. Oh, wow. Great you know, This week. So she's going to be on, and we're going we're gonna to be talking to her a little bit. Let's talk a bit about you know, politics and, uh, and what's going on out there, the Obama thing. And um, we were trying to figure out what community service means. Everyone's saying, what does he mean by community service? And we got some of the audio tape, but maybe, maybe this is what they mean by community service on the south side of Chicago. We all know it's a very tough environment over there. And it is. I mean, Richard Daley ran one of the toughest political machines in the, in the uh, history of the United States. And if by chance an honest man so like just listen in on this enemies, meeting. then he would become my enemies. And then they would fear you. Be my friend. Godfather. So it appears that's somebody, how. Yeah, that's all right. They may never come. I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day. Okay. So um, uh, just a little delight there. But uh, maybe that's the way community service is done in Chicago. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, I'm not quite sure what it was. I know he got jobs for people, which is good. But then the other thing that happened this week that everyone's making a big deal over, and, and I'm really sure he didn't mean the way it came out. He made the comment about pig lips. Do we have that cut? Let, let, let's just list this for a second. John McCain says he's about change, too. 
except, and, and so I guess his whole angle is, watch out, George Bush, except for economic policy, health care policy, tax policy, education policy, foreign policy, and Karl Rove-style politics, we're really going to shake things up in Washington. That's not change. That's, that's just calling some, the same thing something different. But you know, you can't, you know, you, you can put uh, lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. So, of course, the McCain campaign was indignant over the, the whole lipstick thing and the lips. And, and of course, they, they made a complaint that, uh, you know, uh, he shouldn't be talking about uh, Governor Palin that way. And, uh, and he had no right to do that. It's insensitive and it's a low blow and all this stuff. He really didn't address it to Governor Palin. It was obvious he was modifying the campaign uh, promotions coming out of John McCain. But here's where you go wrong in a campaign. And, and I'm surprised that Obama didn't pick up on that because he's a smart guy. He could tell that the audience was picking up the illusion that they were talking about, you know, Palin's lips, not, not the Republican campaign. That's what they were thinking, because if you think about it, Palin's been on the forefront of everyone's mind. I mean, she's dominated the, uh, the campaign since she came on the scene over a week ago. And she really has. She came out. She was strong. She did her thing. Uh, I mean, she's turned the whole Republican campaign around, that's for sure. Don't you think, Wanda? Yeah. I mean, it was going, it really wasn't getting very exciting. She's got them all excited. Oh, yeah. It wasn't getting going anywhere exciting. And they were wondering who he was going to pick. And, you know, could he, everyone thought he was going to pick Romney. And then he picked, you know, uh, Sarah Palin uh, from Alaska. And, and all of a sudden, the whole campaign's come around. The, the point scores are different. The polls are different. And people are believing that, you know, uh, uh, McCain has really re-energized his campaign. So, I mean, it really, it, there's no question it ruffled uh, the feathers and it really rocked the Democratic campaign group. I don't care what they tell you, but the reality of it is that it is. And you can tell it is because what are they really addressing? They're, they're, for a week straight, they were addressing and demonizing and going after uh, Sarah Palin. And, uh, and that kind of tells you something. That these people are, are very, very concerned about the number two person as opposed to the number one person. That should be McCain. And I think as long as he attacks himself to McCain and attacks McCain for McCain, Obama will stay on track and, and, and be true to his course. I think the more you attack Palin and the more you attack uh, the, uh, the, the governor from uh, Alaska, I think you're going to lose votes. And I think you're, gonna, you're not going to do a good job for yourself. So anyway... So Palin, you know, is out there. She's doing her thing in the piglet uh, situation. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. I really don't think he meant anything about her lips. I don't think he meant anything about Sarah Palin. I mean, and I'm, you know, not pro-Obama. You know that. But on the other hand, I want to be fair about it. And he, and he really didn't. He really wasn't going after her. But he should have. The minute he saw the crowd going in that direction, he should have realized this ain't working. You know, this isn't going to work. I should not be doing this because that just opened up a door he didn't have to go through. And that's the sad part. Now, another thing that came out practically overnight is uh, Matt Damon piece. Matt Damon was dishing on uh, Sarah Palin. And, and I like Matt Damon. First, I, have to, I really like watching him act. I think he's terrific. And I think he's really smart. Uh, I mean, he just has, has written some really good stuff. And he chooses really good films to be in. 
He doesn't. I think he does a better job than his old writing partner and acting partner, Ben Affleck. But uh, let's listen to what he had I to say. It's about a, a minute really good long. chance that Sarah Palin could be president, um, and I think that's a really scary thing because um, I don't know anything about her. Uh, I don't think in eight weeks I'm going to know anything about her. Um, I know that she was a mayor of a really, really small town, um, and she's governor of Alaska for for less than two years. I, I just don't understand. Uh, I think the pick was made for political purposes, but in terms of governance, it, it's a disaster. You do the actuary tables, you know, there's a one out of three chance, if not more, that McCain doesn't survive his first term, and it'll be President Palin. And it really, you know, we were talking about it earlier, it's, it's, it's like a really bad Disney movie. You know, the hockey mom, you know, oh, I'm just a hockey mom from Alaska, and she's the president, and it's like she's facing down Vladimir Putin, and, you know, using the... You know the, the the folksy stuff she learned at the hockey you know rank. You know it's just it's it's absurd. It's totally absurd, and I don't understand why more people aren't talking about how absurd it is. I I, I it it it's a really terrifying uh, possibility. The fact that we've gotten this far, and and we're that close to this being a reality is crazy. Crazy. She. I mean, does she really? I need to know if she really thinks dinosaurs were here four thousand years ago. That's an important. I want to know that. I really do, because she's going to have the nuclear codes. You know, I, I want to know if she thinks dinosaurs were here four thousand years ago, or if she banned books or tried to ban books. I mean, that's a, you know, we can't we can't have that. Okay, I think it's. <laughs> first of all, I think the best line there is that you know, does she really believe that dinosaurs were here four thousand years ago? I, I, there are a couple of things that bother me about that with Matt Damon. I mean, again, just because he's a movie star and he, and he memorizes lines, and he is a smart guy, though. I mean, he is a really smart guy. Doesn't mean he has to be saying the right thing all the time. And I don't think he says the right thing on this for me, from my perspective. He could say it for his perspective. But uh, I think it's kind of a put-down on females to a degree. Um, you know, she's not just a hockey mom, but she's a mom. And she's a female, and he should remember he has three daughters. And, uh, and maybe they want to achieve something someday. So I, I really don't like the, the comments as it relates to that. And I think girls, females, and so forth should be thinking about that and some of the words uh, that he's just chosen. But as far as, uh, you know, he's scared that uh, uh, she's, uh, you know, I don't know much about her. She's only, you know, been a uh, mayor of a small town in Alaska, and she was a governor for less than two years, and she could, uh, you know, wind up. And here's the thing. Here's the lie that drives me crazy, not just with Matt Damon, with anybody who's against the McCain campaign, where they say, well, you know, uh, actuarially speaking, uh, he has a one in three shot of not living. Well, what are you guys talking about? I mean, come on, get it together. This is the 21st century. The guy is 72. I don't know about you. My aunt's going on 99. I know a lot of people where she lives in Boca, that are in their 90s. A lot of people in their 80s. Not a hell of a lot of people die in the 70s. And he's 72. He gets the best medical care that you can ever imagine. Why do we presume right away? This is, this is all a bunch of slapping in the face and trying to get you convinced that you shouldn't be voting for this guy just because he's older, that he's 72. And you know what? Actuarially speaking, he could die. He could pass away. And next thing you know, Sarah Hockey you know, Puck Palin is going to be the uh, uh, the next president. And I don't know about her, about her that much because I don't know about her. I don't know anything about her. 
probably didn't know very much about Spiro Agnew either. We probably didn't know much about, uh, you know, half the other uh, vice presidents that are out there. Uh, I'll tell you something, though, that's interesting. There was a, uh, a governor, a uh, less than two-term governor, who was running for, for the president at one point, or vice president, actually. He was nominated to the vice president, and that was Teddy Roosevelt uh, in the beginning of the last century. Teddy Roosevelt. And um, uh, I, don't, I don't see where that seems to be a problem. Also, if you think about Harry S. Truman, nobody, when uh, the FDR was running, nobody knew Harry S. Truman. Harry S. Truman came from Independence, Missouri. Notice I said Missouri as opposed to Missouri, because Missouri is how they say it out there in the Midwest. And uh, I'm from the Show Me State, and nobody knew who, who he was. I mean, who was he? He was a, a he had been a judge. He was an educated man. He he served in World War One, but nobody really knew this guy. Uh, he had common sense and smarts, you know, good American. And um, he wound up on the ticket because they needed a compromise. They needed somebody to get there and pull in the votes from a certain area. That's why they have people like that as the vice president. Why do you suppose Lyndon Baines Johnson was amalgamated with JFK? My God, they hated each other. They didn't get along. One's a Yankee, one's a cowboy. And you know that if you politically speaking, there were fights and angst and uh, you know discourse and vitriol between the Yankees and the Cowboys. And uh, we're not talking sports teams here, kids. We're talking people. We're talking politics. And so why was Lyndon Baines there? Lyndon Baines was there to pull in the South. Lyndon Baines was there to pull in the West. Lyndon Baines was to bring in what JFK couldn't bring in. So when you know, Matt Damon says, well, I just chose it for political reasons, hello, I thought this whole thing is called politics. Everything that's done is for political reasons. Every word that's used is for political reasons. Every speech that's given is for political reasons. Every adjective, every action verb that's chosen is for political reasons. Because if not, then what are we doing here? This is politics, Matt. So, yeah, you know, you may not know this person, but, you know, you ought to, you ought to give her a shot. You ought to find out a little bit more about her before you slam dunk her. You know, nobody. What, what do we know about Obama after all these weeks, after 18 months, after 24 months, after, my God, you know, 18 months of his total time that he was elected to the uh, Senate. After all these months, what do we really know about Obama? Well, we know he's a political activist and he got involved in community service and, you know, in, uh, in Illinois, in Chicago, south side of Chicago, that he aligned himself with certain people, that he did certain things in the Senate in Chicago, that he may have voted <clears throat> for an, uh, uh, an abortion bill or an anti-abortion bill one way or another way. We know that he, he got and ran for the, uh, the Senate seat from his district, that he actually got in, and he did. That's the, first of all, that's a heck of an achievement. It is not easy to achieve what he's achieved that way. But what do we know really beyond that? He doesn't have much of a voting record. And what he does know, we know he's very, very you know, liberal. He's one of the most liberal records of, in Congress. But we really don't know much more than that. We, we just don't. And... Um, yeah, and that's the problem with this whole campaign on both sides. You know, it's just not the best. It really isn't the best. It's going to be a question of, you know, who's the lesser of the two evils that you can vote for? Because that's how I see it. I'm not crazy about anybody who's running right now. But it turns to what Matt was saying that, you know, just because you know it's a female and I don't know much about her and she's a hockey mom. All right. So she's a hockey mom. Big deal. You know, and by the way, she was using that not literally in the sense, although she was a hockey mom, just trying to 
you know, be one of the guys. Sort of like, if you think about it, the way uh, Michelle Obama was talking about how she's just one of the moms. You know, I, I put my kids to sleep at night and we talk and, you know, I like, I'm there at night when they get to bed and I'm there in the morning when they get up. And I mean, all right, fine. Now, if you think I think that Michelle Obama and Barack Obama lead just ordinary, wonderful lives, that they, they're trying to reach out to America and convince middle America, because that's the problem that they have. That's where the voting disconnect occurs, that they're just one of the guys. You're out of your mind if you believe that. You're just absolutely out of your mind. Just get up real quick and walk into the wall. Take your hit, and you'll understand things a lot better and see things clearer after that. So, Matt, it is politics. So, Matt, if you don't know who the person is, instead of being scared, why don't you just find out about her? If you want, you can read Newsweek. Now, a real quickie, and then we're going to get on to Jeff. I know Mr. Zabar is there. Newsweek, of course, when they do the pictures and the covers of Obama and Biden, they're warm. You know, what I mean by warm is that they choose their colors, they choose their backgrounds. They're not, they don't have that paste together, cold look. Now, a week ago, they had Palin and McCain on the cover, two photographs, white background, you know, photoshopped in. That's the end of it. This week, it's they they have the cover. It's kind of interesting, paleontology, as in paleontology. And they're showing this picture of Sarah Palin on the cover with a broken open, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, it's a rifle, shotgun, because she's a shooter. She goes out there and she, she kills moose. That's, she kills bambies. She gets out there and she shoots and kills moose. And she eats them. Makes moose jello. But, um, and what they have is a really lousy photograph on a plain cover that really isn't destined to be a great seller because it's not an inviting cover. There are some covers that are warm and have depth and character, and there are some covers that you just slap together. This is two weeks in a row that you have slapped together. I know. I've done 30 years worth of covers all my life. That's what I've, I grew up in magazines, so I understand that well. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Jeff Sabar. You always bring me on at the end of a great rant that I can add some to and jump in and whatever. And then it's like, okay, that's enough of that. Moving on, Jeff Sabar. No, I just wanted to get you involved in the conversation. No, that's cool. I thought we were Wait a minute, i got to ask Wanda because I don't, I don't have my, my piece in front of me. How much time do I have left, Wanda? Oh, you've got about two. Two minutes. All right, Jeff, let's, let's start a conversation. So what do you think? What, what's your take on this, Mr. Zabar? Okay, I'm not going to mention anything except to say yeah. I will not use the L word, yeah. except that anyone who thinks that Obama said that with regard to a woman is out of their freaking mind. No, he didn't. He didn't. I agree with you. He didn't Absolutely. do that. He didn't mean to do that at all. I know he didn't. He's not but, stupid. But the other side was perfect in their execution of not letting it die. That's all I'm going to say. Now, as far as your comment in with regard to any of these people, any of these people, whether it's Barack and Michelle or John McCain and his wife or George or Dick or whomever being everyday folk, I don't know the finances. I guess they haven't gone through her, her financial report yet. But Palin is probably close to being the most everyday folk we have. And I'm a dyed-in-the-wool liberal for the most part. But she has got to be, if you're talking about somebody who's like us, you know, a, she's hockey, it. a hockey mom. She's I, it. She's it. She's it. She's not, ur- she's not urbane. She's, I, mean, I mean, Michelle Obama probably started out very regular guys. I mean, right. they probably were. Right. Because they worked their way up by going to great schools and getting scholarships, and then they got into that intelligentsia. Right. And by the way, I, I have no problem with that. That's what America's all about. 
I'm fine with that. But I think you're right. I think Sarah Palin really defines middle America. If you, if you want to make a connection with the average Joe and Jane out there, then I think she's, she's it. Because then I don't think for everything I've read about her, they're just a hardworking family. And she came, but look where she lived. I mean, she's not exactly in a state. She doesn't come from hundreds and thousands of acres somewhere in the United States. She comes from America, right. heartland America. Right. You know, with America's, you know, heartland values, probably where her conservatism comes from. Uh, and by the way, I don't embrace everything Sarah Palin says either, you know, because I am for women's rights and I am for the right for women to choose what they well, want to do with their body. Yeah, and I, I, frankly, from what I've heard, embrace nothing of of what she, what she rep, what she is. But we'll get into it more. But she just is Middle America, and she's more normal in her where she came from than many of the people have occupied the White House for generations. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Well, listen, on that point, everyone stay where they are. No one move. Even if you're in traffic, you're not going to move anyway. So stay there. This is Rich Roppin on 1360 WKAT. We'll be right back. private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark with all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro financial lending packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ivis Leon 
at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today. Total Bank. Member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom with the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southeastern University. With a faculty of real-world leaders and a curriculum based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu business. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business, and of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Live from Atlantic Radio Network in Coral Gables, Florida. So crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. This is the Rich Rothman Show on 1360 WKAT. Okay, welcome back. This is Rich Rothman on uh, 1360 WKAT on the Rich Rothman Show. We're on the line with right now with uh, Jeff Sabar. Jeff. I'm here. You know what's interesting? And uh, I know we're going to talk tech. And I know you got to split early because it's soccer day. Hockey day. Hockey I'm day. Hockey dad. Hockey day. Hockey dad. Um... SEC opens preliminary inquiry into UAL stock drop. You see that the other day, where Google released a report that's uh, that was six years old. I did not see that. Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Now, as wow. an accident, uh, back on uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday, uh, the uh, Google released a report on the internet, obviously that uh, went back to 2002. That related to some uh, some problems with the bankruptcy with United Airlines, and as a result of that, the stock took a drop that was unbelievable. Went down from twelve to three. Unbelievable. Oh yeah, and wow. and and I'm sure it was. Oh my goodness, it was an accident. So, and I was wondering. I was talking to my buddy Bruce the other day, Bruce Frazee. We had some coffee, and you know, we were saying, you know, this is when you really need to have an investigation. Because this is nonsense. This is manipulation. As far as I'm concerned, this is pure stock manipulation. Somebody's out to tank somebody. And somebody made some money on this. Either you're shorting it or whatever. Right. But you're doing something with the stock. 
And so it's nice to see that the Securities and Exchange Commission has opened a preliminary inquiry into the circumstances surrounding UAL Corp's uh, stock drop earlier this week, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, citing people familiar with the matter. The inquiry is in its early stages and ultimately may not result in a full investigation. Now, isn't that interesting? Power of the Internet, my man. The power of the Internet. And, and one thing it does bring up, and let me be Pollyanna and let me be naive and yeah. let me say it was a glitch that it was posted online as a news service, because nowadays any publicists out there know that while you can email press releases and while you can fax them and you can call a journalist to get your word out, there are email services out there, um, PR Newswire, Businesswire, there's, there's dozens of free services that you can post to. You can even post to Google and get your, your, your right. press release out there. Um, anyone knows that that's really the path that this is all taking. But that said, using a service like that, you get it out there. But what happens if there's a glitch? What happens if somehow, some way, and again, this is wearing my Pollyanna hat, somehow, some way, it gets redistributed and people aren't looking necessarily at the dateline, which is the, the city and date of distribution. They just see it. It went live. And oh, my God. Like you said, um, you know, it speaks of, of something that went on years ago that the company has way behind, and they've successfully navigated out of that, and boom, six years later, they get slammed again. Um, it could be nefarious, and it could be an accident, but I think the, the lesson here is the permanence of the Internet. For example, I'll do research, and this, this bugs me to no end, and anyone out there who uses the Internet for their research and looks for things, um, as a journalist... I'm always looking for news online. I'm looking for sources I can turn to. And I'm not looking for, for bloggers out there. I'm looking for things, whether it's the New York Times, whether it's even a, um, a press release has been posted or an article that someone wrote and posted to a site or something like that. But please help us out and put a date on your product because or your, your, your content that you put out there. Because with this one, if it had a date up at the top, you know, ignorance is bliss, but, you know... At least if, you see it. If the date is on there, then, hmm, makes you be, you know, the suspect of, of, okay, this says 2002. Is that a typo, or is this a mistake? You know, when I go out looking for something, and it has no date, I don't know whether it's someone talking about statistics from yesterday or six years ago. Um, so I think that it's really important that whenever, whenever we're writing something and posting something to the Internet, that we try and work a date stamp into it um, so that it, it remains relevant and, and at least relevance in its, relevant in its timeliness um, from a chrono chronological point of view so that we can come back to it down the road and say, oh, you know, okay, this may not be yesterday or this year, but it's a few years ago, so it gives us a point on a timeline that we can judge against. Um, but the permanence of the Internet, man, it, it's... And, and that's why, for example, um, long ago I heard Seth Godin speak. He's the writer of Purple Cow, and he has the, the, he's the marketing guru out there. He's worked with some of the, the top brands in the country. Um, he has an, an e-zine, and I highly recommend people who want to get an, an inside look at things of what's going on um, to, to read his blog and go to SethGodin.com and learn more. But one of the things he said, I saw him speak down in, at a, um, an international ad, advertising association meeting down at the convention center, and one of the comments he made was the fact that he has an email address that he keeps tight to the vest. He has a throwaway address that he gives out for subscriptions and to reporters and to this and to that, but he has one, you know, 
S underscore G underscore Odin or whatever, you know, however it is, that no one would ever think of and he would only give to his best of friends. And one day his that address got out, and then everyone knew it. Um, the, the point I'm getting at is he gave out that address, boom, his secrecy of, of that was lost. I long ago gave up any semblance of trying to have an effective throwaway address because... I've too often given away my address. I've given away online my phone number. Um, my website is all well and good, but you know what about your social security number? How often do you, does someone ask for your social security number online? Um, you know, when, or when you call the phone company and they say, oh, "Give me the last four of your social." Oh, how do you know that? I mean, we had to give it to them. Well, but um, if you give the last four of that, they 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 can't steal your ID with that. No, they can't seal with you know, the last four, just but not it means you're giving them all 12 or all Well, that's pretty scary, and, 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 and I've instructed my family that never, ever, ever give out to anybody. There's zero reason to give anybody your Social Security number whatsoever, anybody, uh, unless you're at a bank and you're dealing with your bank or you're, you're applying for a loan or you're at a car dealership and you're you know, dealing with a finance guy. Right. And even then I worry. Right. You know, uh, how do you know these guys? How do you know the morality of the people that you're dealing with? It doesn't, you know, they could be the nicest looking person in the world. It doesn't mean anything. Right. They're pretty thieves, you know, too. You know, you know, serial killers look great. Exactly. You know, the guy from, from uh, Wichita, Kansas, you know, the, uh, uh, the bind BKT killer. Right, exactly. You know, uh, or BTK killer, BTK, bind, right. torture, kill. You know, he was a uh, uh, in the in the uh, in the church. He was a a deacon or something in the church. Right. He looked like a schlamozel. <laughs> I mean, he, he didn't look like someone's going to go out and kill somebody. But hey, so I think I think you're very correct. I think I think you're really up against a wall. And 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 you're right. How would you if you wanted to maintain privacy? I mean, how could you do it on the internet? The, I, I think it gets back to a couple things. First off, that throwaway address that I was just speaking of. Yeah. Um, I don't mind saying. I use Gmail, okay? JeffSabar at gmail.com. Anyone wants to email me, I welcome a conversation. But I have another address because Gmail is free, Hotmail is free, Yahoo Mail is free, AOL is free. You don't have to pay for these addresses, so you can go ahead and set them up out there. But when I subscribe to something, um, I've done even tests where I've subscribed to something online and given my the, a dummy address, which is also a Gmail address, that I then go back after putting that out there and see how much spam I get from that date forward. And there was one subscription that I did online for a tech magazine, and it was online. It was just subscribing so I could get an easy in front of them. And I got, I get dozens, a dozen a week, not dozens, but say a dozen a week newsletters and subscription offers and things, and this junk from them that I'm glad I sent it to my, uh, to my throwaway. Now I could set it up to say, you know, tag that as spam so it won't come through again. And that's, that's the other thing, is you have to be really diligent in, in what you ID as spam and IDing things as spam so it gets reported and so it gets put into a junk folder so it doesn't come through to you, um, at least in your, your Gmail or even in, in Outlook or whatever you use. But, I mean, that's, that's probably the best way to do it on online. And then, like you said, give out nothing to no one when it comes to proprietary or not proprietary, but personal confidential information, your driver's license and your social. There's very few organizations that need that at all. Um, except, as you said, when they're running a credit check. And frankly, I got a, a, stop, a stop check or whatever you call it on my credit so that if somebody or freeze. So if someone wants to, to run a credit check, they got, I got to open it up first, hopefully. Hopefully it works that way. Well, I do that too. And, and yeah, I hope it works that way. 
They're supposed to contact. They're supposed to call you. I thought and speak to you directly. Call you exactly and, and get you on the horn and say, "Hey, is this okay?" And that's funny because I I went for uh, I forgot what the credit was. I think it was getting we got a dish recently, a satellite dish, and they had to call to do a credit check to set it up. And I said, "There's a freeze on there. You're not going to be able to get through." They came back like not even ten seconds later. You've been approved. I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> You know, if I didn't get approved for you know eighty dollar a month you know satellite bill, I got some big issues at play. That's right. But uh, you know, such is life. So, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of ways to protect your your identity. A lot of ways to protect your kids' identity out there. Um, Facebook, you can't be diligent enough in how they use that, and the people, you know, how the, how closely they watch it, and how closely we watch it. You know, not to snoop, but just to keep an eye on what they're doing, what they're posting, what they're saying, the, the, you know, the content that they're giving out out there, and the people that they're, they're surfing with. And just keep a close eye on your kids and on your family, even, even your senior parents. You know, just make sure they know what they're doing, because the kids, you worry about them from a physical standpoint, the, the parents as well, but they sometimes have a lot of scratch, a lot of coin that, that people might be coming to, to sort of, you know, swindle them out of. Take. <laughs> exactly. Take. Let's cut to the chase. Take. Cake. Exactly, cake. Right. That's that's the word. Yeah, take the cake. Take the cake. Absolutely, they will do. Well, I know you're going to go off and go play uh, hockey. I'm going to go watch my boy. I I don't actually play. I take my laptop. The the hockey rink that he plays at up in uh, Palm Beach County has a has free Wi-Fi, which is an absolutely beautiful thing. So I take my laptop and I sit there and watch. And I have my own little corner and I uh, plug in and I work for an hour while they're out on the ice. And it just lets me. Uh, Get a little work done while he's out sweating it out out there, and then we come home and I continue working. Well, have a great day. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you in about a week. It's wonderful. Thank you much. And if anyone's interested in learning more, they can always hit me at uh, jeff at chiefhomeofficer.com or just go to chiefhomeofficer.com and learn about all sorts of tech and home office stuff and all sorts of goodies like that. Okay. Wonderful. Take care, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Be well. So... Uh, just a couple of things. Let me play catch up on some finance stuff for those of you who want to know what's going on. Uh, interesting Dow. What a what a ride today. It was up and down and up and down. Uh, the Dow finished up uh, 164.7 points or 1.46% to finish at 11,433.7. The Nasdaq uh, finished up 29.5 or 1.32% at 2258.2. And the S&P, the old important S&P, Ended up 17.01 in a penny, uh, up 1.38% for 1,249.05. Interesting to note today that the, uh, this is really, really interesting if you're following this stuff. And and this kind of tells you something about the dollar right now, and it's very intriguing. And and we'll get more involved in financial discussions uh, after the following week. Not this week and next week, but the following after that. We'll have somebody here on a full-time basis discuss finance but the euro uh in comparison to the uh the dollar the euro is down to 1.39 one one dollar 39.7 almost almost one hundred one dollar forty not quite well that's down from almost a buck 60 at the beginning of the summer that is very intriguing uh because that was the darling of the uh the currencies and uh, the euro which is showing that the dollar is getting stronger right now and interestingly gold which had had been up to over $1,000 an ounce, is down $17 today to finish at uh, 745.5, which is uh, actually the the longest losing streak for gold in about eight years. It's down today 2.23%. And oil, which we've all been looking at because everyone's freaking out about oil, 
because oil is the common denominator for all of us, and we kind of gauge whether we're going to have a good day or a bad day and whether gasoline is going to be up or down. Let me bifurcate that for a second. Oil is down, sort of like George Bush. Oil down, uh, $1.71 today on the international market uh, to end at 100.87. Actually, for a while, it was trading below $100 a barrel. Uh, Brent was trading at 98 for a while today. That's uh, British and uh, is down 1.67. Now, that's down from almost about $150 a barrel at the beginning of the summer when everything, you know, when the proverbial S was hitting the fan for the price of gasoline and heating oil and so forth, which is good news for us. Now, the bad news is that with uh, Hurricane um, Ike approaching the Texas coast, when we have refineries in that area, particularly in the Houston area, uh, gasoline's going to go up because the refineries are shutting down because... Uh, uh, they're going to be hit by uh, the, now. What's the hurricane right now? One is that like going to be a three or a four? I'm not. They were talking about a four. But four. Maybe, yeah. I mean, well, let's go with three. I'll check. Well, we're going to go for a three. We don't have Chris. Uh, I mean, Chris, Craig. Well, I'll the, have to do it. Yeah, Craig is tomorrow. But Wanda's going to check it out for I'll us. I'll put on my meteorologist. She's going to put on she's... a meteorologist hat and she's going to find out. But it, it's it's going to be a three or a four, and uh, and they're thinking that. Um, they're bracing for the worst wholesale gas prices to jump from three dollars to nearly five dollars per gallon, an unprecedented high, even as oil prices flirt with a hundred dollars a barrel. See, the, there are two problems that are out there as it relates to what we do as consumers. One is the price of the crude, crude oil, that is, and the other one is the price of the refinery and the refined products. And um, again, we have refining capacity problems. And number two, when when the refineries go down and they have problems uh, such as this, and they have to shut down because you can't be working uh, when you're getting hit by 135-mile-an-hour winds, uh, the price goes up. And it's a temporary up. could be up for uh, you know a couple of three weeks until they get back online, and hopefully the, uh, the refineries don't get too knocked up too badly uh, and beaten up too badly because uh, they can get them back online as quickly as the electricity can get be placed back online. So we'll find out what that's all about. But uh, I could revise, uh, according to all the things that you're seeing on the, uh, on the Internet right now, could revise $4 a gallon gasoline for the short term, not the long term, but the uh, short term, uh, which is interesting. Now, the other thing to be watching in the markets right now, and this will take us up to the top of the hour, uh, is the finance market. You know, uh, we know that Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae uh, were taken over by the feds. And the market jumped up 300 points as a result of that last week, and everyone was ebullient about it. But there are some negativities to that because that $30 billion of hit um, could be, uh, you know, borne by the U.S. taxpayer if all that money goes south. So uh, there are some pros and cons, and people are debating what's going on as it relates to that. Now, what does that really mean? It means that the subprime disaster debacle in the finance markets isn't going away. And there are many, many people who feel that we're only about halfway through the debacle. And yes, the stock market being close to 14,000 back in October was the high and the burst of the bubble, so to speak. It's now down to, as a matter of fact, it closed down 11,433. It actually was below 11,000 just a number of weeks ago. And it's really tied into uh, a number of things. It was tied into the oil situation, which is producing uh, problems with inflation. And uh, the Fed feels that's going to ease itself. As we uh, uh, see oil price of crude oil come down, but at the same time we have a problem uh, in the finance markets. For example, uh, we had a uh, Bear Stearns 
uh, be taken over by the feds and be bailed out by a feds, the feds. And now, of course, Lehman Brothers, Lehman Brothers, L-E-H-M-A-N, Lehman Brothers, shares continue to be punished, falling 45% lower Thursday. Uh, the number four U.S. investment bank begins actively shopping for a buyer and fears that Lehman may not recover, pull its financial peers sharply lower. So the problem is that there's a lot of fear out there. What do you think, Wanda? What's the story on the storm? A two or a three, they expected. A to two or that's still a, a two lot. Or three, yep, yep. you know, Wilma. Wilma was a two when it hit Fort Lauderdale, and occasionally it was a pretty severe two. So to have a three, winds of uh, three is what? That's about 115 miles an hour. Don't know. And yeah, I think it's 115, 120 that air. That's a lot. Go stand up in 115 to 120 mile an hour winds, and then you get bigger gusts, and uh, it's a bad scenario. So uh, we have a problem uh, with the. Uh, with that, and that's going to affect the finance market for sure as we uh, move forward. All right, let me get off of that. And one final piece before we hit the five o'clock hour that I think you might want to be interested in, since we know that our parents are part of the greatest generation, you know, we very often remind, remember um, uh, the the end of the war in Germany. But VJ Day, uh, VJ Day, when we ended the war with Japan. Uh, is September 2nd. It's called VJ Day. Japan's formal surrender signified the fine finality of the conflict that shaped all of our lives. Mm. So we want to remember that and because a lot of great Americans, a lot of uh, young boys, age 17, 18, 19, lost their lives in some pretty awful battles. The battles in the South Pacific were hellacious. If you watch it on the History Channel, just, just terrible, 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 terrible. So we don't want to forget the uh, sacrifices these men and young boys made uh, so you and I could uh, be here today and just uh, sit at 995 and commute, and we can talk and chat, and Wanda can look at me. Got a history lesson. Got a little history lesson today. I like it. Okay, so we're going to come back, and we have our guest coming up. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Okay, who's coming first? Is it Carol pa- Wang Shutter. Oh, Carol Wang Shutter's going to be here. We'll yes. talk about... Uh, September 11th. September 11th. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Rich Roppin on 1360 WKAT.